TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Right now it's one guy and one mic. We're waiting for the big dog to join us, but uh, we appreciate you joining us on the TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic show, one hour of sports, talk, and more. That's what we do each and every weekday, five days a week, one hour a day, five. And Toto, the big dog, and the coach at your service on the docket for today. we got a little college basketball. We have a little NHL hockey. we got some NBA basketball. We have some Hosni Mubarak information and comparisons. We got a little sports guys talk politics and, uh, well, I can't say a lot, lot more because we only got one hour to get it done and a little bit more here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Let's enjoy the music real quick. I forgot to mention a little baseball talk as pitchers and catchers will be reporting in uh, as soon as three or four days for some of the major league teams. Uh, we don't have to wait three or four days for him to report. He is reporting right now on time. I'm sure he's in uniform and he's probably standing at attention, yeah. which could be a problem. It's Joel Redwanski, the big dog, joining us. Joel, how are you? Uh, I'm doing very well, fellas. As a matter of fact, I am in uniform. I'm wearing my crack is whack t-shirt. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because crack is whack, Coach. <laughs> it's a great visual. Too bad we don't have the live webcast from your abode. Well, you, you know, I'm, I'm thinking I might be able to change that, but I'm not 100%. I'll have mm-hmm. to talk to our technical advisor, who is uh, a woman with only one eye and looking into a crystal ball. That's the kind of technical advisor I want to work for. That sounds outstanding. By the way, you no longer have to stand at attention. You can stop saluting. Well, I shouldn't have taken that Viagra then. <laughs> Just stop it. Stop it. 888-463-6748. If you want to get a hold of the big dog, ask him any questions. We could even uh, do maybe a little bit today or tomorrow. Big dog, no football Friday tomorrow. We could bring back the always popular stump the bull. See if any of our fine listeners can uh, fire a trivia question at you. Anything between 1980 and the current on sports. Joel, uh, among his various descents, he is of Polish descent. Stump the Pole, a very popular game show that uh, we played on times. No, yeah, uh, and we w- I will go before 1980, but you won't win as much. Yes. See, if you, if you stump me, over well, what is it, you get $1 million if you stump me from anything since 1980? Uh, not quite, just a little bit short of that, but, uh, you know, it's the principle is the same. Yeah, I, I remember umpire Don. Yep. I did the old show, and I, you know, we said 1980. He asked me a trivia question from 1973. He then stalked the show yep. and demanded that I send him a check for 25 bucks. Eventually, I did. <laughs> oh, like, Don, but he, rule. he must not have use of the Internet because David Olson, this was a guy who basically he uh, referees and umpires in the afternoon and the evening. His wife makes the real money during the day. He would sit home during the day, and he would monitor. You know how some people have like five or TV shows they're watching? He would monitor like five or six different radio stations, and if there was a contest, boom, he would call on and he would look to make money from that contest. Anything we ever, anytime we ever offered money, umpire Don was there um, to answer the question. It was like a part-time job for him, Big Dog. 
Uh, I don't think he did so well, to be quite honest with you. Well, he did get to stalk you, which, uh, you know, many people have tried, but few have succeeded. Well, unfortunately, the people who have succeeded stalking me, I really wasn't too happy about it. No. And usually, I don't want people to get the wrong idea, usually it will cost you a lot more than the $25 that umpire Don got. Yes, I think that's the truth. <laughs> oh, Big Doe, you are a sick, sick individual, and I appreciate you more each and every day. I, I appreciate your appreciation, Coach. Thank you very much. I appreciate your appreciation and my appreciation. Now, uh, without further appreciation, you can stop standing at attention, and can we get to the sports talk at hand? Yeah, because, well, I'm sure you were trying to put off talking about uh, Northwestern and their performance last night. Yeah, let's start off with a little college basketball. Northwestern did lose a big, big 10 game. On the other hand, how about the uh, the blue? Go blue. Michigan Wolverines have won four out of five. The Wildcats came back, got it within one. And as soon as they got it within one, they completely fell apart. Yeah, that was not good, not good. I mean, it, I, I like to fight, you know, but, you know, it's pretty sad. Is the only thing Northwestern really has had in their whole uh, basketball tradition is moral victories. You know, and this is supposed to be the year that they actually put that aside, finish in the top half of the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and go to the uh, go to the yep. tournament. And I don't think it's going to happen, Coach. Yep. yep, Too bad. You know, a lot of things happened. Kevin Coble, their uh, uh, you know first team, second team, third team, whatever he was, all Big Ten player, decided not to play this year. You remember they made the big trip to uh, Europe, or where, I forget where it was, but they you know they had like a two week trip to bond the team, to give them an advantage over other teams because this was going to be their year, Big Dog, to make it for the first time ever, and it looks like they're going to fall short once again. I know it's disappointing for Purple Nation out there. Yeah, well, maybe going to Kishmekistan, you know, to bond the team, that yep. it brought down the level of play because, you know, playing on that circus trip wasn't very good. Might have been. It's all about location, right? Just like real estate, location, location, location. Yeah, you know, when you're playing up against, like, Six foot one centers, you know, and point guards that are yep. two hundred and ninety pounds. Yep, it kind of hurts your level of play, coach. <laughs> oh goodness, you've never played basketball until you faced a Turkish one three one zone, though. Oh no, no, it's Kismakistan, coach. Oh, I, God bless you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you Thank very you. much. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. We lead off a little college hoops. Any hoops fans out there, feel free to dial it up, big dog, and the coach gearing up for March Madness here, but certainly. Not looking too far ahead. You want to enjoy each and every day of the college basketball. Last night, some good games. Tough losses, you mentioned, for Northwestern. Sticking in the Big Ten, Big Dog, Wisconsin and Iowa. How about the job that Fran McCaffrey is doing? Coaching the Iowa Hawkeye, they had uh, Wisconsin beat. But Jordan Taylor, the amazing Jordan Taylor, hit a big shot, and Wisconsin won in overtime. But a very good Big Ten game there. Yeah, yeah. Right now, Iowa's the most improved team in the Big Ten from the start of conference play until now. Uh, I don't know if I'd limit it to the Big Ten. Maybe in the country you're talking about? Close. Yeah, quite possibly, Coach. Uh, And I I remember watching them early on. I knew they were going to be better, but, uh, you know, I was was just thankful Illinois was playing them early on in the Big Ten year at uh, Carver-Hawkeye Arena Mm -hmm. because uh, they're going to be an awfully tough out at home for the rest of the season. Mm Mm-hmm. They're going to be an awfully tough out at home for as long as Fran McCaffrey is there because they're uh, they're walking wounded right now. They don't got a lot of big-time recruits. You start recruiting some players, get that fan base going again. It won't be long, but until Iowa Hawkeye basketball is back on top again. Well, you know, it, it's been a long time, Coach. Yeah, I'm surprised they've had such a, a down era, yep. to, be, to be quite honest with you. Yep. Too many white suburban guards from the Chicago area being recruited. That'll That's your downfall all the time. Well, you know, white suburban guards is good when you're Iowa football because it seems like they dominate the yes. western suburbs. It's like every 
as an Illinois fan, it drives me crazy seeing all these top prospects going to Iowa. But you're right, white suburban guards in the term of basketball usually doesn't help you too much. <laughs> I think that's in the NCAA regulation guide. I'm not sure. I don't know if that's <laughs> if, I don't know if that's a written rule or unwritten rule, but it's right there for you. Gotcha. Yeah. Right suburban the... forwards when you're talking about like uh, girls soccer, excellent. Yes. Not not for basketball though. Not at all. Not at all. Um, but it was a big win. And by the way, I think I saw a report that came out where they listed the point guard. I forget what the award's called, but for the national point guard of the year. And they brought out like 10 or 15 different candidates and left off the list, Big Dog. And I remember the article complaining about it. And last night proved it to be true. Left off the list, Wisconsin's brilliant point guard, Jordan Taylor, not among the top 15 in the country. That's an injustice. Yeah, it's, I think it's down to 10 now. But okay. either way, that's ridiculous. He's yeah. definitely in the top ten yeah. in the in the country, and and you know that's surprising, Coach. I didn't realize he was left off of that. I would have just assumed because he was getting some fanfare fanfare at the beginning of the season. It isn't like he was unknown, mm-hmm. and he's played he's played very very well this year. That's surprising that yeah. uh, he is in, uh, on that list. Yeah, he's big time, big time player. Hits big time shots. He is a tremendous ball player. Probably a, a candidate. For Big Ten Player of the Year, here he and Taylor battle at Penn State. Uh, clearly, two of the not only the two of the top point guards, two of the most valuable. You take those two guys off of those teams, and down they go. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, probably That's less a- so for Wisconsin because Wisconsin's got another Player of the Year candidate, probably a second or third team All American, John Lewer, the six ten kid. Yes, I'm sick of that kid. He's an <laughs> Illinois fan. He yeah. just dominates Illinois. Yeah. Uh, he just he can do no wrong. He rebounds. He hits every shot. I don't think I've ever seen him miss a shot. He can shoot the threes. Post player. He's an NBA player all the way. No question about it. How about on a uh, more national scale? It was um, well. It's always advertised. Some people say the best rivalry in all of college basketball. I watched it probably for the first time in a couple of years. Big Doug. I don't think I saw him play last year. North Carolina and Duke. I forgot. I forgot how good that stuff is. Oh yeah, that's that's a game that you should not miss. Yeah. If you're if you're a huge college football fan, you make sure you watch Michigan, Ohio State. You make sure you watch Auburn, Alabama. I mean, if you're a college basketball, if you're a basketball fan in general, you got you have to watch that game. It was uh, oh what a what a ball game. I mean, just the style of play was great. The intensity was awesome. The Cameron crazies going ballistic. It's uh it's it's just funny we're seeing some kid you know that's paying forty five thousand dollars a year to go to school absolutely <laughs> acting like a nut on the sideline. <laughs> It was. You talk about, uh, you know, or people talk about the great atmosphere of college basketball. It, w- it was symbolized. It was encapsulized, if you will, last night at Cameron Stadium with Duke against North Carolina. That was great college basketball atmosphere. Absolutely. And what a game, too. Duke comes down from down 14 at halftime, comes back and wins. And uh, Steph Curry and, and, and Nolan Smith is dominating, Coach. Mm-hmm. Seth Curry, the... Um... Brother of Stephon Curry, the son of Del Curry, another in the. We've got the flying Corvers. We now have the shooting Currys. Then we have the shooting Corvers. Yeah. Well, we now have the shoot. Who would you rather be, a shooting Curry, or a shooting Corver? Be a great knockout contest. Yeah, that that's. Uh, if you're playing a game of horse, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. But I would have to say Steph Curry is the best out of all of them. Seth. Steph. Better than As Steph. In the kid from the kid on Golden State is the best out oh, of no, all. No, no, no. That's Stephon. Seth, yeah. Seth is the one on, on Duke. I said Steph, Coach. Oh, okay, Steph. Yeah. I thought you said Seth. The kid on Golden State is yes. the best. Yes. I don't even think there's a doubt about that right now. Yeah, I the love kid, that. 
Seth could be uh, he could be uh, like a backup in the NBA team and a, and a mm-hmm. spot up shooter without mm-hmm. a doubt. Yeah, Stephon Stephon Curry, the one on Golden State, he's got that it factor, and you could see it right from in his early days of playing. Whatever the it is on the basketball court, he has got it. That sixth sense, that magic, that charisma that can elevate the team. I love. Love watching that kid play, but a great game. North Carolina was awesome in the first half. Quickness, the transition, the fast break, the secondary break, big dog. You got to love the style. And Roy Williams, as annoying as he is, he's got the Carolina team back on track, at least judging from last night. Yeah, they and finally those the, the rookies, their freshmen, are actually starting to play some basketball Ooh. for them. That that has been the issue all season. Love the new point guard. Uh, their last point guard, Larry Drew, quit the team. He left the team a couple of weeks ago, and it looks like that's the best thing that could happen. But the freshman guy who took over, uh, Marshall, mm-hmm. that dude can play. He's got. Yeah, well, what a surprise! North Carolina's loaded with uh, yeah. talented kids that can play. Yeah, he's got a little bit of. Even though he didn't put up a huge number, I think he had six points, maybe seven assists. He's got a little bit of that it factor when he has the ball. There's just a presence about him. Love him, John Henson, the big kid. If they can get him in the cafeteria in the weight room, big dog, they got themselves a player and. Uh, the white seven foot stiff Tyler Zeller is uh, he's still white, he's still seven foot. But you know what? He's not stiff anymore. He can play. Yeah, he runs the he runs the floor, coach. I wouldn't call him a, a big white stiff. That kid can run the floor and finish on yep. the dunk. And yep, he had twenty five. But uh, Duke came back in the second half. What a great game, great atmosphere. Uh, Dick Vitale, he's like a how do you compare? Like a boxer at the end of his career. You loved uh-huh. him in his heyday. You still root for the guy, but he definitely. And I still enjoy him, but he definitely is on the uh, backward side of his career. Yeah, that, that might be true. And uh, there's there's definitely issues with uh, that I have with uh, with Dick Vitale. But to be honest with you, Coach, it, it, even though I know he's a homer, you know, and he loves the ACC, and he definitely has ACC bias. When he's doing ACC games, I have no issue with him. I just don't like him when he's doing ACC versus anybody else in the country games because it's so blatantly obvious to me that he's rooting for the ACC team. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, no, but yeah, when he's doing the 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 Duke North Carolina game, he still brings that energy. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love it, listening to him in those games. Yep. Now let me ask you this: We um, talked about the National Collegiate Player of the Year, and we said uh, certainly Jimmy Fredette is a candidate. We said that certainly um, uh, Kimba Walker of Connecticut a candidate. Yeah, Kimba Jim- Walker's been. Playing some really subpar games lately, Coach. That's uh, that's why I want to re- possibly uh-huh. revitalize Jared Sullinger of Ohio State, the freshman. But let me ask you this. After yesterday's game, does Nolan Smith, the brilliant guard for Duke, enter the team picture? Uh, he is definitely in the team picture as uh, Kemba Walker fades away. Nolan yep. Smith, who is the ACC Player of the Year right now, there's no doubt about that if they did the voting today. He definitely is uh, in the team team picture. Mm-hmm. So it's up in the up in the up in the air, Coach. Uh, those are the three top guys in the in the country right now. Yeah, I think and also there's a kid on uh, Texas too that actually has a shot. Uh-huh. So Jared so, Sullinger, the young freshman, still a candidate, or has he dropped a little bit? Coach, he, no, absolutely not. Has he dropped? He's the okay. the best player on an undefeated team that's number one in the country, mm-hmm. and he continues to get double double after double double, and he has helped them win in many different ways. Many different ways has he helped uh, mm-hmm. Ohio State win games this year. So absolutely not. I, as far as I'm concerned, I have him leading right now. It's his award to win or lose. Purple Passion Pat has uh, texted, and he wants to know, how big is Joel's team picture? Is there any room for Northwestern John Sherna? Uh, he can definitely be in the picture because, <laughs> you know, he's always smiling. It's always good to see a kid smiling in the picture. But, uh, 
no. Okay. Way in the back. Way yeah, he's back. a he he's a basically yeah, he's a he's a basketball player yeah. that is uh the best way I can term him is that he's a staircase kid, no lift. He doesn't he doesn't have the elevator coach. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. He actually went healthy. He's got he's got surprising lift, actually. I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit. That's part yeah, of the he's had a bad ankle since he's been at Northwestern. Well, <laughs> Uh, no, I, I've seen him when he when he uh, you know was playing like a first team All Big Ten and top fifty player in the country. He could actually get off the floor quickly and slam, and he could actually hit the pull up jumper. I'm not saying he's David Thompson or Derrick Rose, but I would disagree with. He's got a little bit of lift. I just don't know when I watch him play Big Dog how much of it is injury and how much of it as the competition has stepped up. He's just not good enough to break down good defense. Yeah, and yeah, he's not surprising anybody anymore, and he doesn't have Coble to help him out and, and open things up a little bit for him. That, that him losing, he got hurt by the Coble not playing more than anybody mm-hmm. on that team. But yeah, I can understand Coble not playing with all the injuries he was he went through. But you know, when I watch when I watch uh, Sherna shoot, try to say that. No, don't but, try uh, to say it. We might get kicked off the air. Okay, uh, you can tell. He grew up loving Steve Kerr because he has Steve Kerr's exact shooting style, oh, Coach. Terrible. Exactly. Terrible. It's like you're watching a clone, just a bigger clone of Steve Kerr. It's an ugly shot. It is. It's kind of like a push. Yes. Like he gets behind the ball and just yeah. pushes it up there. But yeah. it's really quick, and it's obviously accurate, just like Steve yeah. Kerr was. I mean, I, I mean, I coach high school girls basketball. If any of our freshman kids came in the gym, day one of practice, big dog shooting like that, We'd take her aside for 15 minutes and put her in the time machine and rechange that shot. It's the time machine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll take like her that. back to, you know, meaning wherever she learned that shot, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, you got to change that. But uh, it works for John Sherna. God bless. Yeah, um, by the time you're 18, you, you can't change anybody at that point. You no. just, you're stuck with it. No. Um, one other uh, college basketball game to bring up, uh, and we mentioned how strong the Big East is this year, how exciting it is. Louisville and Notre Dame and Big Dog, we haven't thrown much kudos the way of Notre Dame basketball this year, but the slick back Mike Bray and company are doing some damage. They win in overtime against Louisville. The Irish are having a heck of a basketball season, and nobody's talking about them. Yeah, you know, everybody, and I, a lot of people are talking about Thad Mata as coach of the year because Ohio State's undefeated, but Mike Bray might be coach of the year. If you, if you think about the fact that, they're in second place in the Big East, and do they have one, five, or four, or three-star player on their team? Yes. They, they got a bunch of nobodies in, of recruits that are uh, they, they're all of a sudden they're playing at Notre Dame and they're mm-hmm. dominating. So uh, it, it, Mike Bray's just done a phenomenal job over yeah. there. It also goes to show that you, uh, whatever who out on signing day, whatever they go, like, oh, this team won, this team won. This was supposed to be one of the worst teams that Notre Dame's had in a while. And, and look, they're playing phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about team chemistry, guys that fit into roles. And uh, you talk, and you're right, there were no superstar recruits there. But uh, the the kid Ben Hansborough, Tyler's brother, start of the year, he went from uh, you know starter and somewhat of a complimentary player over the course of the last two and a half months. Big though, right now he's a first team All Big Ten, maybe third team All American guy. He's playing that well. Yeah, he is playing really, really well. And you know, normally. You know, when that his style of, because he plays just like his brother. He just nonstop. He keeps going. He keeps going. Usually, you know, like guys that handle the ball and, and guards that, that usually can't get away with that style of play. Mm-hmm. I don't know how skilled he is, coach, but he has, he's a motor player. He does yeah. not stop. He just keeps going and going and going. Similar to his brother Tyler. He's got, we mentioned before, he's got a little street game in him. 
Yeah. And um, uh, he's just tough. He's mm-hmm. tough. He's quick. He's real good going to the hoop. And uh, I don't I don't know if there's any more Hansboroughs coming up, but boy, they do they do play with the high motor. Yeah, just kind of like how we're talking about uh, Seth Curry because yep. he didn't go right to Duke. He went to Liberty first. Yep. I don't know how uh, with Del Curry as the as the uh, as what do you call it, as the dad. Mm-hmm. Stephen was missed, and Seth was missed after Stephen. It, it, that, that, I can't explain that, Coach. How it took, and then the same thing with uh, Tyler Hansborough and his little brother. Mm-hmm. You would think that they had a little bit more acclaim coming out of high school. Yeah, where did he go to first? Mississippi State, I want to say. Transfer. Who's that? Who's that? Ben Hansborough. He did not go to Notre Dame directly. I think he was at Mississippi State first. Oh, really? I did. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I did a, not know that. He was a transfer. I did not know that. Thank you, Johnny Carson. Uh, all right, a little college basketball talk, heating up conference tournaments a couple of weeks away. I love this time of year. Just watch some good rivalry matches. You know, tournament games are good, but sometimes, big dog, some of the best games are in February in packed gyms. Not, you know, when you watch the NCAA tournament, they're great games, but a lot of times the crowd is not as energized. It's not on a on a home court. So I think some of these February conference games against arch rivals, some of the best part of the college basketball season. And and both of us are really diehard college basketball fans, and we appreciate conference championships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as sometimes everyone's like, "Oh, well, what did your team finish in the tournament?" Well, well, we were Big Ten champions. Yeah, but you you lost in the Sweet Sixteen. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden people act like you had a disappointing year. So, and I understand that because it is all about your end result, and the tournament is one of the greatest things in all of American sports is the NCAA basketball tournament. Mm-hmm. So I, I can appreciate. People feel in that way, and I, I don't want to change anything. But we also can appreciate the fact that if you're, you know, the Kentucky-Florida game battling for uh, an SEC championship or, yep. or, or uh, you know, when Notre Dame faces Pittsburgh, I think they get one more game this year, and it's going to be at Pittsburgh. That's going to be one heck of a game to watch. Yep. So. Yep. Appreciate it. We're doing a lot of appreciation today. May have to clean out this microphone uh, face guard when the show is over. Uh you know, I've been watching the uh, uprising in Egypt, and some of the pictures of the of, of beleaguered. Is it? Help me out, Dave Mosney Hubarak. Got the name right? Nabarak. The, the fine president. Hubarak. Nabarak. Mubarak. Nubarak. I thought it was Mubarak. Mubarak. I, can't, I can't read. Mubarak. All right. Do I got the? Is it a long O or a short O? Is it Hosni or Hosni? Depends if it's Jewish or not. What's his first name? Um, not sure. All right. Well, anyhow, <laughs> anyhow, big dog, I figured out who the beleaguered Hosni Mubarak reminds me of. Um, think back uh, 365 days from today and think okay. back to the DePaul Blue Demons and the look on Mubarak's face right now. Does it not resemble the same look on Jerry Wainwright's face when he was coaching DePaul? Wow. <laughs> You know, sad, sad but true, Coach. Do you yes. think uh, uh, Mubarak has the same uh, like one-liners that Wainwright did? No, because Wainwright, I mean, he because uh, if Mubarak had a sense of humor, he could really turn this around yeah. for himself right now. Yeah, and I mean, if there's nothing like it, if you're going to write, might as well write with a little bit of giggle, you know, mm-hmm. in your step. Yeah, it's a way of uh, calming the storm a little bit, you know, loosening up the protesters a little bit. Although I will say, Jerry Wainwright, a great guy. With a good sense of humor. His final year, at about this time last year, Big Dog, right before he was released, he lost his sense of humor and his the sagging face muscles sagged even more. And again, he looked a little bit like uh, current Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak. Yeah, that, you know, 
I usually don't feel bad for people who are making a lot of money to, to play sports or, or coach sports, but I did have a little bit of uh, sympathy mm-hmm. for uh, for Jerry Wainwright last yep. year. Yep. Who do you have more sympathy for, Mubarak or Wainwright? Uh, Wainwright, and we'll go with him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was tough in practice, but I wouldn't call him a tyrant at all. <laughs> all right. Uh, real quick before we get a break, let's go to NBA basketball. Again, our phone number you want to check in. Hoops fans, first segment is for you, 888-463-6748. By the way, Valentine's uh, Day coming up, Big Dog. I know you're in a uh, new, thriving, arrow still pointing up relationship. I'm hoping that uh, Valentine's Day will be good for you and yours and just keep your hands off mine. Well, it should be good, Coach, but uh, we're celebrating uh, Valentine's Day in April this year. Ah, that's nice. That's because, nice. Uh, you know, financially, you okay. know, I, you know, yeah, I want to do it right. So, to be quite honest with you, we pushed Christmas back to late February. So, okay. Financial. Groundhog Day, we're going to do Groundhog Day right around <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's <laughs> Day is actually going to be tax day. Okay. Coach. Everything's and actually, uh, Valentine's Day will now be May Day, now that okay. I think about it. Does that mean you're going to pay your taxes in September? No, but uh, my mom shouldn't expect a present until July 4th. <laughs> but, I, but my birthday, at least, is going to be the same birthday. Like, September 6th, that's actually going to be when we celebrate, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you call it, uh, July 4th this year. Yeah, you, but you don't want to push back your birthday. No, my I mean, my on. birthday won't be pushed back. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll be caught up by that. Yeah, birthday's a birthday. you gotta got to keep some things straight. But, uh, all right, so... You will not be calling 1-800-PRO-FLOWERS this particular weekend. Well, I will be calling Teleflora, whatever, because I did like the commercial with Faith Hill where the guy says, your rack is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I didn't appreciate that. You didn't? Nah, not sitting in mixed company with kids around. I didn't know that was – I thought that line was a little out of the Super Bowl all-American family atmosphere. Okay, so, yeah, you definitely didn't like the, the Buddhist Groupon stuff the, about the – I bet. I'm sure you didn't like that one. You know, I missed that originally. That's the one that's getting all the controversy. I missed that. Yeah, and it's still, but it's, and they tried to explain it because it was meant to be a joke, Yeah. albeit it was a joke in poor taste. And you know who directed that commercial? Timothy Hutton. Christopher Guest. Really? The guy guy that did Best in Show. Okay. And all those other movies. He did a whole series of commercials with celebrities, and the whole thing was, it's like, it's kind of a swerve. Oh, it's just a you know, celebrity trying to drum up for a cause, but yeah. then here's the bait and switch. All right. Well, the Christopher Guest thing explains it because a little bit of a twisted sense of humor, good sense of humor, actually, based on his movies. But Big Dog, all they had to do was show that commercial to maybe like 10 outside people, not insiders, but outsiders, and they would have got an idea probably that that was not a good movie. Yeah, don't they do that already? You know, how could, I mean, if you're going to spend... A million dollars on making the commercial, two million dollars to show it. That's three million dollars. Don't you spend fifty grand to set up a a focus group? You would I mean, think so. Isn't that part of the whole yeah. how you make a commercial? You would think so. Maybe they got the wrong focus group. <laughs> they yeah. got a focus group that was drunk yeah. and high. <laughs> a very unfocused focus group, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, that was in bad taste. They now, got somebody from Tibet. They had him watch the the uh, the commercial. He wasn't offended. They didn't. They didn't figure out that the guy was speaking Tibetanese. <laughs> didn't speak English. I think Jerry Wainwright, by the way, was one of the members of the focus group. He didn't care at that point. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh, <laughs> oh goodness! Jerry Timmy. Wainwright does look like a guy at the end of the bar. Okay, he does. Yeah, yeah he'd be a fun guy. Don't cigarettes. kid yourself. He would be top ten coaches to have a beverage with. 
he would be right there for you. Yeah, yeah, especially if he's buying. Because, yeah. yeah, if you're buying, yeah. he's going to drink out of house and home. And the nice thing about sitting next to Jerry is you wouldn't have to worry about women coming up to you and bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes, David. Now, there's another one in that series of commercials <laughs> with Elizabeth Hurley, which is hysterical. Okay. Uh, where she comes out and she's talking about the deforestation of the Brazilian rainforest. And then halfway through the commercial, she's like, but all deforestation isn't bad. You know, go on Groupon now and get, you know, $10 off a of Brazilian wax. And then they flash to her and she's in like a waxing parlor. And you can hear like the rips and women's screams for the rest of the It's really, really funny. Interesting. Groupon.com uh, responsible for these finances. Yes. I don't need to listen to women screaming anymore, Coach. I'm trying to avoid that. <laughs> it's, it's a very funny commercial. And then there's another one with uh, – uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm-hmm. and Whaling. Also, Groupon.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. By the, you know, I, I also heard, I, I want to wrap up my Super Bowl coverage right now. I heard a great, great, great Super Bowl story this weekend. There was a guy sitting with uh, without a, a seat next to him, and somebody, and it just happened to be like a reporter was right there. I, I read this on the Internet yesterday. And the guy's like, you know, why isn't anybody sitting in the seat? And he's like, well, I, I was a Green Bay Packers season ticket holder my whole life, and uh, my wife passed away, and, you know, she was supposed to be with me. You know, so, and I was like, oh, well, why didn't you have one of your friends, you know, like take the seat and, and come here instead of, you know, since your wife couldn't make it because she passed away. They're like, oh, all, my, all of her friends and family are at the funeral. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so the guy missed the funeral wow. to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was waiting for some, like, you know, story, like, you know, and, and he, he refused to sell the seat despite how many thousands he could have gotten because the memory of his wife, you know, was sitting next to some beautiful story like that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's that's not right. You that's know, you know, I, my, uh, uh, you know, my girlfriend got this. She was, like, upset about that. And I was thinking, I was thinking along the same lines as you, Coach. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it was, like, his way of being, like, hey, you're with me. We're, we're going to see the Packers in the Super Bowl. You know, they were season ticket holders for 50 years. So, obviously, she was a Packer fan, too. Mm-hmm. So, maybe it, I'm going to look at it more like the way you are looking at it, Coach. Well, I guarantee you, Big Dog, uh, if and when you pass away, and I'm sure it's going to be a long, long life with your healthy living style. It'll be a long time down the road. If I'm still around. There will not be a sporting event that will uh, keep me away from the Big Dog funeral, with the possible exception. There's two events. If Northwestern is playing the opening game in their first-ever NCAA tournament, or it's a Cub World Series game. Beyond those two, I'll be at your funeral. No, 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 no. You need to go to those games, Coach, and think of me. I'm not – no, plus, I don't want you at the funeral. You're a funny guy. I I want people to be sad. Yeah, you'll be cracking them up <laughs> over stuff. I don't need that to happen, Coach. I want the I want the true misery that will come with one of my deaths. <laughs> That's a interesting take on it, but okay. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. we got to take a quick bake. When we come back, Big Dog going to get off the sports page. Got a couple little news and notes for you. And then uh, got some baseball, some baseball quandaries for you, if I could. We're also got Stump the Pole out there. Any of our fans out there, you want to ask a trivia question of uh, one of the great Sports trivia experts of all time, a good partner of the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Feel free to email it at Mike2GuysAOL.com, M-I-C, the number two, Mike2GuysAOL.com, or call us at 888-463-6748. During the break, big dog, I expect you to, again, be at attention and solidity. Uh, Coach, that's no problem. I will do that for you. 
Thank you. I appreciate that. TalkZone.com, two guys and a white dog and a coach back in about 48 seconds. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com still don't like the way that dude introduces me and then emphasizes clearly whoever he is announcer boy is clearly more excited about you than me well you know it's funny because i complained about it and got something done you've been complaining about it they haven't done anything about it coach yep Shows you are standing on this particular show. Yeah. By the way, I don't know if he's been let go, released, or he just has a day off today, but uh, one of my favorite new members of the show, Frank Faulty Wires, our engineer, uh-huh. not here today. I don't know what happened. He might have got laid off. Electrical fire. Really? <laughs> he was treated and released, but he's taking the day off. Okay. Okay. Well, we're very big with people that have been treated and released. One of our more popular listening audiences. Big Dog, I read from you from an author, uh, Unknown. Very popular guy, by the way. He and Anonymous were my two favorite authors. The Lord gave you two ends, one for sitting and one for thinking. Your success depends on which you use, heads you win, and tails you lose. Like it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. 888-463-6748. Wisdom each and every day here on the uh, Two Guys in a Mic show. By the way, Big Dog, I saw the stats off the sports page. In 2009 and in 2010, in Iraq and Afghanistan, maybe you're aware of this because you're a little more up on it than I am, there were more American soldiers that died of suicide than there were in combat. Wow, I did not know that, Coach. That's pretty strong. Yes. 468 was the number in 2010. More American soldiers. And feel free, anybody out there, to uh, check the facts and prove me wrong. I hope I am. But more of our American soldiers died via suicide than they did in Iraq and Afghanistan combined for the second consecutive year. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that is wrong. You got to be careful too where you're getting your information from because. You get it off the internet, you just you have no idea if yeah. it actually is true. Now this you know, was so. um, from magazine source. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I read it wrong. I mean, I read it twice before marking it down because I was going to bring it up with you and uh, political pundit David Olson. I thought that was a interesting, if not extremely sad stat. No, this, see, this is an extremely strange war. Uh, I don't think you had too many people committing suicide in in World War One or World War Two. You knew why you were fighting. There was a, 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 a just cause. Everybody was behind you. 
but with this, you're really not sure why you're in Afghanistan. You don't know why you're in Iraq. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I, I don't know, coach. It, it is pretty sad. Did you, by the way, did that, did you read it right? Is it people who died in suicide bombings? I don't think so. You know, you know what I'm, where yeah, I'm getting at? No, I know what you're getting at. I don't think so. I'll double check the source. These guys have really gone through a lot of stress. If you, when you watch that movie Restrepo, Mm -hmm. you're going to feel a little differently about what these guys are going through psychologically. It is what these guys are going to have to deal with this the rest of their lives when they get home. I mean, it is what they're going through is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. 24 hours a day getting sniped at. You know, people in hills and caves just shooting out of nowhere, just all of a sudden taking out you and your friends. And then, Mm -hmm. And then, like, one guy saying, oh, you know, you deal with a guy for six months, and they're supposed to help you, and they're giving you information, and then you find out this guy was working against you the whole time, and he, he, 10 of your guys died yeah, because I, of it. I don't know that it ever goes away. It, it They shed it like an alligator sheds the skin a little bit, but I don't know at the core, after experiencing it uh, for two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years, I don't know that it ever goes away for those soldiers. I can't imagine that it does, Coach. I remember I had a college roommate who served eh, probably just about two, three years, but I think it was in battle. I was like 20 years old. He was about 25. But I remember occasionally he had a longtime girlfriend, and occasionally she would stay overnight in the room across the little, whatever we had, the, the, the little living room area. And occasionally in the middle of the night you'd hear a loud thud, save all the jokes, thank you very much, and what would happen, Big Dog, is one, and he would kind of humorize about, he would occasionally pick her up in the middle of the night and throw her against the wall. Like it was some army disaster situation. And she stayed with him? Yeah. Uh, you know, we thought it was pretty humorous, actually. But yeah, occasionally, she, he, you know, unconscious, middle of the night, he would pick her up and fire her against the wall. <laughs> it wow. was actually funny at the time. It doesn't sound so funny now. No, it does not. Yeah, she was fine. She was, even she laughed about it. Not a problem. But the, <laughs> but, the, but the point is that it can linger. It can stay with you. No question about it. Yeah, they should. They should. Our show, by all rights, should really be a radioized inter, via the internet over to the fine folks in Afghanistan and Iraq. Well, we, you think we're cathartic, Coach? I think so. I think so. Well, we can be. By the way, absolutely. Yeah, you need to. I'll go over there, Coach. You can send me over there for like a month. Okay. I mean, I'd be more than happy to do it. Who's going to be the cameraman to follow you around? Because we're going to need live footage. We may have to put that out there. I don't know if we can. Would find... you want me to look into it? Because I actually would not mind going yeah. over there and yeah. get. And, and you know, I wanted to do this for a while. Mm-hmm. Then after I saw Restrepo, I was like, man, it's a little too late because there goes the Academy Award. Uh-huh. But uh, I, is, I've been yeah. wanting to do it, Coach. Who is Restrepo, by the way? Restrepo is the name of a uh, corporal who was like the leader and like the 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 funny guy, the, the guy everybody loved in his battalion. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody just loved this guy. And uh, he was walking um, back one day through to back to his unit and got sniped and got killed. Wow! And in, uh, so Iraq in Afghanistan. Ah. So. They decided they, uh, they their, their, their battalion had to make well, it was actually just his unit they had to hole up and make a spot so they quit getting sniped. So they called their little base Restrepo, mm-hmm. and the, somebody National Geographic for a year followed these guys around. Interesting. Oh, my, coach, I'm getting chills dealing with what these guys had to deal with. Was just it's downright it's horror. It's hell. They these it's a story about thirty guys right now going through hell. So far, uh, uh, listeners on the uh, TalkZone.com. 
worldwide internet if they want to catch this movie uh internet or is it how, how would we catch well it's, it's on national geographic about once a month okay. and they play it like two or three times in a day national geographic have their own tv station yes they do really? so you know net uh net gohd check it out it, it, coach it, it's not just the battle scenes it's them dealing the, the assurance that they have with uh mm-hmm. With the, the people of Afghanistan. Okay. You know, the, the same guy at the beginning of the movie that they're trusting later on in the movie screws them over. And this is real life. Okay. This isn't, oh, this is a, oh, what a great movie. You know, this is, this isn't, I mean, this isn't fiction. This is, this is actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's phenomenal, coach. All right. So, it's one of right. the best movies I've ever seen. Actually, not best. It's one of the most horrifying movies I've ever seen. Unsettling? Without question, without question. So if, if anybody thinks you know what's going on over there in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. you might want to watch this movie because you'll have a totally different okay. uh, reality of what's going on. I got it written down. I'm going to check that out and maybe, uh, maybe you know, show the kids from an educational standpoint. We can get them away from Family Guy or Simpsons for a, a little bit and maybe watch something actually un, uh, educational, if not unsettling. Now, your son, I forgot which one, that loves the paintball wars. Yes. Trust me, he's going to. He's going to have a new appreciation for paintball. Okay. He's going to have a lot more fun and take it a lot less seriously after he sees okay. this because he does not want to be getting shot at for real. All right, no, very no, good. No, speaking no. of that, by the way, David Olson, catch this out now. Speaking of that, and God knows what it's going to be like when David's kids are of age. Huge game now that is sweeping suburban high schools, big dog. Uh-huh. It's called paranoia. All right? Teams are being formed of four or five uh, kids on a team. I don't know if you've seen the Nerf guns that are up, but my kids, you know, I thought they were going to, get out of it like at the age of 10, 11, 12. Into high school, they still come over, and they play uh, Nerf gun battles. Now, we started off with the little, you know, simple little Nerf gun things. They've now got machine gun Nerf guns. They've got, what do you call that little, not bullets, but the whole rectangular thing that you put into a, yeah, like a cartridge? Okay. They've got a Nerf cartridge. Magazine. Huh? A magazine. Yeah, thank you. A magazine, I mean, the Nerf gun, it's unbelievable. But anyhow, Big Dog, so, uh, and guys, the, the, the leaders of this are making money on it because they're charging um, the teams. But teams are being formed. They're doing it like a March Madness bracket, like 64 teams. You're scheduled against another team. This past week they had exhibition matches. But basically the way it is is you try to shoot and kill a member from the other team when your entire team is wiped out, you've officially lost, you can sneak up at a house. Now, the school's not allowing them, but where they work, you find out where they go, you sneak up on them and you shoot them. It's a, it's a whole – I told my kid, if he could put the focus and planning and intensity into his grades like he is in his paranoia game, he'd be a straight-A student. You, you know, they, 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 can you hear of assassin, Coach? That's, that's yeah, the that's, same. That, yeah, I same was just going to say that. We used to play Assassin. I never heard of it until, but that's... The, and it was the, it was the same thing, except they, they, they've got person. actual weapons. Well, you know? Assassin's with what? Like a post-it note? It, it can be anything. It could be anything. Like, the the key was to, you know, kill everybody else. And, uh-huh. uh, the only place that was off work, you, you couldn't kill them at work or while they were working or when they were in class, but... Yeah, you had to go assassinate yeah. them by any means necessary. Yeah, I told my wife, this game is going to be real popular. It's real hot in our area now, and it will go uh, until very quickly when there's going to be an accident. Because these kids are, like, so focused and so into it. Some kid's going to run out on the street to get away, and he's not going to be looking. He's going to hit, get hit by a car, and then that'll be the end of the game. Hate... You're, you're always so negative. I know. That's what Everybody my son's Yeah, I mean, oh, this, is, this has been going on for gonna end with a bad injury. 25 years at least this really? game's been going on. I never played it. Yeah, it, it's been it's been uh, assassin's been going around forever, Coach. I remember when 
my freshman year in college, a buddy of mine who was 350 pounds, six foot four, 350. <laughs> okay, he goes to Minnesota, and he ends up. What it was a little different. They would like you would be sent like information in the mail, and you, you would just get a picture and a name of another student at Minnesota, <laughs> and that person had you. Uh-huh. So you'd open it up, and you'd have to find this person just by name and picture. And get them before they got you. Okay. He got all there was like there was like five hundred people who started in this game, and he you know he got down to the finals uh-huh. with the last person. And the girl, it was funny. Supposedly the girl was like four eleven, like a hundred pounds, <laughs> and she walked up behind him and like with one of those pelicans that shot him in the back of the neck. She's like, oh, oh. so he got that, <laughs> he got that, that happens. You got to transfer schools. <laughs> Yeah, he's like he's legitimately. He's like I was three times bigger than the girl. Well, three but that's a disadvantage. Bigger. Everybody thinks, oh, assassin gained three hundred and fifty pounds. You're an easier target. Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather be a you know an anorexic four foot eleven inch girl. She's got the advantage. <laughs> wow. Yeah, the, the school, uh, not our school, but one of the nearby schools. The guy who's forming the game is charging money. He's making money. At the end of the thing, they have a banquet. They invite all the teams. They have awards. Most valuable shooter, most improved shooter. You know, they have like an awards night. It's a whole big thing. Go figure. It's nice to see our kids putting um, their hard-earned hours to you. But the Nerf guns, the technology with Nerf guns is amazing. I mean, you'd be, Big Dog, if they had that in your day, you I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now. Well, no, we, we used to, you know, that's funny. Because I used to play that in, in high school, too. It was a little different. We used to, um, there was this church group, the church group, believe it or not, and they would get like myself and all of like most of my friends that you have met before mm-hmm. at, at the wedding, and we would take on like groups from like Wheaton and stuff, and we we'd get like an old junior high, uh-huh. and we'd run through the junior high like on Friday night. They they thought it was better that we're running around shooting each other with pellets inside of a junior high yeah. than it was for us going out and as a bunch of juniors and getting high. Yeah, yep. well, pick your poison, huh? Pick I don't your know. I think I'd rather have my kids messing around. Uh, shooting each other with pelicans and probably, uh, trying probably. to figure out which which is the cheapest vodka that they can drink without puking. The lesser of two evils, no question about it. Let me ask you this. You say you're um, over-exaggerating with some kid running out in the street. What about uh, with these guns looking more and more realistic? Uh, how how possible is it that someone's going to be, uh, you know, going to a coffee shop to get somebody, they got a gun, and somebody behind the counter thinks it's a real gun, and the kid gets shot. It'll, it'll never happen, because that's not? why they make them bright colors. They make them orange uh, and green you know, and blue. They don't make them you in ever black. Heard of, you ever heard of paint? You know, you can't paint plastic. Why not? You know, and, you and know what uh, kid in David? his right mind would take a, a Nerf gun and paint it black? Well, that, that's, uh, well, that's the, the problem. Very few kids are in their right mind. It, it's funny you bring that up, guys, is when we were coming home from one of those nights, <laughs> I had like the gun in my hand. It was, no, so it's that night. I had the gun in my hand in the yep. front seat, and I was like just talking. Okay, well, somebody called the cops on us. Yeah, the cops met us at like they they got the license plate number. There's cops waiting for us when we get home, and, and they're like, uh, "Why do you guys have guns on you?" You know, there, there was like 15 cops. I'm, no, I'm <laughs> not. Like, so... What are you talking about? The plastic gun. <laughs> well, that's kind of the only time I've ever been arrested. Was uh, around the same time we were we were into the that's when the uh, paint guns first started. Oh, and so we all had our splat masters. Those things can hurt, by the way. Oh yeah, they do. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially if you go out like when it's about forty degrees and they start to freeze Ooh. a little bit. Wow. Because it's like you're getting hit wow. with chunks of ice. But uh, we would go out. We you know there were about twenty of us would go out and do this. Uh, we would play at a friend's house. We had like this like basically fenced in estate mm-hmm. that was all woods. After we'd go and. Uh, 
shoot each other up. We'd go somewhere and get something to eat, but the game would continue while we were on the road in our cars. <laughs> so we'd shoot up each other's cars yeah. while we were driving. Yeah. And um, somebody called the cops on us, and we all we all got arrested at the Burger King. I'm sure your parents were very proud. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like, and yeah. don't forget now, back, uh, Joel, when you and David were young, uh, it was a concern, but certainly not as heightened of an alert. It's much, people are much, much more sensitive now with the whole terrorism thing and people with guns. So I think what you're describing in your childhood, times 10 right now. So I, I do predict... Um, Issues. My kids think I'm old-fashioned, but I think something's going to happen. You know, Coach, um, as much as uh, typically I agree with you, because I, I do think there's a difference. Like, I still think, like, Dave and I are kind of old school. But yeah. I think that started with us because of, like, uh, all the gang warfare and, and, and like, and children shooting each other mm-hmm. happened when Dave and I were in high school. So I think that's where we separate. It was, like, mm-hmm. in the 80s is when all this stuff started becoming aware, okay. to be honest with you. Right. I, I really do believe that, because I remember... You know, in Downersville North High School, like, we have to go to those stupid classes. If you know people that with guns and blah, 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 maybe it isn't stupid because we never had shootings at Downersville North. They were they were really good about being ahead of that type of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I do think that there is, because normally, I, I'd have to agree with you, we seem to be raised very similar, even though we're, uh, you know, what, 18 years apart or however old we are different. But I, I think that, that's a little, that started when I was in high school, Coach. Okay. All right. All I know is the kids that are, like, totally totally into it focus the mindset is there it's unbelievable dad whatever you do do not let john do not let michael in the house i don't care if they ring the doorbell do not let them in the house like whoa take it easy (laughs) all right anyhow paranoia that's that's the name of the new game but apparently assassin has been around for a long time yeah i had a very uh uh Underprivileged upbringing, big dog. I was not introduced to that game. I said, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, you were definitely underprivileged, coach. Thank you very much. All right, quickly, let's uh, get to a couple other items here. 888-463-6748. We have any paranoia fans out there, assassin fans, you have played the game or know about it, feel free to give us a call. Uh, Real quick, uh, on the baseball front, pitchers and catchers reporting big dog for some teams. As soon as three days, I have some quandaries for you if you are in the mood to be quandered. Oh, please quandary me. Okay. You're not still standing at attention, are you? Yes, I am. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right, quandary number one. Uh, just locally here with the Chicago Cubs, uh, Ronnie Santa, we know, passed away. And there was a lot of talk of, you know, he's long-time, long-time icon as a radio announcer. There's been no color announcer named to go with Pat Hughes. I know you've got a lot of insights with the Cubs. Uh, have you, Who have you heard is the leading candidate for that particular job? Yeah, they're still – I really don't know who the leading candidate is, Coach. Maybe I should apply for it. You know, you were joking around saying you should apply, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like they'll ever pick me. Maybe they are having issues. Maybe I should try to, to, to become the color analyst for the Cubs. Mm-hmm. I guarantee if Ronnie Santo were up there and he could have a vote, you, you would be his kind of guy. He would support you, even though you never played for the beloved Cub. Well, you know, I, I would actually love to do it, Coach. Yep. Because I, I would do the moans and groans just like uh, Ronnie did. I, mm-hmm. I would definitely – yeah, Wait, I let would. me let me give you a quick tryout in case Pat Hughes or anybody from WGN is listening. Uh, okay. Joel, tell me about uh, pitcher Trevor Moore now coming in for the uh, Seattle Mariners. Tell us a little about the young pitcher Trevor Moore. Well, you, you know I'm from I grew up in Seattle there, Patrick. And uh, well, uh, Trevor Moore, let me, uh, he's uh, he likes to work quickly. Really? Yeah, he likes to, to keep the ball down in the zone. Shocking. And Patrick, he loves loves to pitch ahead in the count. Really. <laughs> Just loves to get ahead in the count, huh? Yeah, loves it. Loves it, oh, Patrick. Oh, goodness. Thank you very much. I think you're hired. 
I think you're hired. Our inside sources are telling us that uh, Dave Otto, who was filled in, is still a contender. Good guy, technically correct. The negative with him is color, charisma. He's almost the anti-Ron Santo because he's pretty straightforward. The other guy we've heard is uh, the Texas drawl of a Keith Moreland. Oh, see, I will love a Keith Moreland. You know, the reason why is Dave Otto too much of a company man. Yep. When Keith Moreland was here, think about it, it's a tryout. When he was doing games when Bob Brenly, because Bob Brenly automatically in his contract gets like a couple days off a year so he can go watch his son, uh, Michael, yep. catch for the Cubs, because uh, he, you know, that's, I don't have, I have no problem. You want to, you want a couple days off to watch the son go play, and especially since he's in the Cubs yeah. farm system, that's and not, you can help him out a little bit. Heck yeah, go. That's that's what he says. That's not what. From what I heard, he and his wife go to a certain ranch, but uh, that's that's beyond the point. Well, then, then what he, does he have to wear uh, sunblock in certain areas that most yeah. people don't need it? Yeah, and chaps. But move, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> but continue well, on. Well, I, I loved Moreland because he was willing to be like, oh, that guy messed up. Or, you know, he wasn't doing the whole company line. He was telling you straight out facts, right or wrong. Yeah. I do, you know, I'm all for having homers, guys rooting for the Chicago Cubs. But I'm also not blind. And if somebody is messing up, I don't want the Hawk Harrelson and act like it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Is that I like to be told, mm-hmm. like, I like to hear from my announcer, oh, that guy wasn't giving good enough effort. That was a dumb play. Why is he swinging three zero with you know whatever whatever situation that it possibly how you, be? How do you think the Southern fried humor of a Keith Moreland would play in Chicago with uh, with Patrick Hughes? After a month, it'll be seamless. Okay, it'll take him a month, and they'll be. And by the way, I am a sick, sick individual coach. I watch college baseball. Believe it or not, I, I will. If baseball is on, it'll start. It starts in the next couple of days. Uh, Texas will be playing Alabama in, in South Florida in some tournament, and Keith Moreland will be calling the game. I've heard of a lot of Keith Moreland. He's an excellent coach. Okay. Uh, the, the little bit he's filled in in Chicago, I would agree with you. I thought he's very good. He's got a, a little bit of panache, a little bit of color, a little bit of uh, uh, charisma, if you will. Yeah, we definitely the... don't need Mushmouth, who is who is yeah. Randy Hunley, who I love. No. Randy Hunley, no. good guy, but I don't need to listen to him. Yep. Another guy with a little bit of Southern drill. By the way, how do you know or why are redneck murders or redneck crimes rarely, rarely solved? I have no idea, Coach. Because everybody has the same DNA and nobody has dental records. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. All right, real quick, quandary number two on baseball. we got to mention Gilmesh. You aware of the story? Yes, I'm very aware of the, the Gilmesh story. Yeah, so. pretty cool. If, uh, tell us for the fans here. Basically, I, I guess you could the, disagree, the Royals, but through his honor, he basically turned down $12 million, which he could have easily gotten. Yeah, the Royals signed him to a really bad contract five years ago. It was five yep. years, $50 million. The last year, the deal was for $12 million. Gilmesh hasn't been able to pitch well, let alone pitch at all, and he could have just reported the camp sat around all year long, collected mm-hmm. his money, because baseball has guaranteed money. But instead of doing that, he decided to not take the money because he says he knew he can't pitch anymore and he'd rather be with his family than travel around with the Royals and not play and collect basically $75,000 a game. Wow. That's pretty good. I I, there's no, and, uh, I've heard people with ulterior motives and stuff. From what you know about Gilmesh as a baseball insider, Big Doug, it was pretty legitimate. I mean, the guy made a heartfelt response. 
Well, yeah, how, uh, what else could it possibly be? Why would he not want to make $12 million traveling around with the Royals this year? Mm-hmm. You know, it really okay. must be. He must really love his, his wife and his kids. Okay. And, and, and maybe and, and respect the game and not want to take $12 million from an organization uh-huh. when he know he could not perform. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know what? He's, uh, uh, he's, let's be honest. How many, he has a good wife too. He must have a good wife because one, he wants to be around her. Yep. And two, how many wives have, baby, like, get your butt to work. This is the last year you can ever work in your entire <laughs> life. $12 million could, after taxes ends up being about uh, seven million. Right. You know, that's, get out there. Work. We, we gotta get Mrs. Mesh on the, on the, uh, maybe as a guest tomorrow. I want to talk to Mrs. Mesh. She's gotta be a wonderful lady. Yeah. <laughs> 15-second response, uh, Albert Pools contract. He's going to be a Chicago Cub in 2012. Wow. Not this year. No, he can't be because he's still under contract and the the Cardinals won't trade him. But you think he could be a Cub in 2012? I I do. That's why they signed Carlos Pena to a one-year deal. I'm going to dream, Coach, and I'm going to dream big. I'm going to dream about the greatest player I've ever seen. It's a great way to end the show because uh, that's that's a wonderful thought for the Chicago Cub fan. Big dog, tomorrow's going to be a difficult day. It'll be Friday. We'll look forward to the weekend, lots of sports, but it will not be a football Friday. Anyway, tough moment for you. Very tough, Coach. Beautiful. All right, uh, uh, back to attention. Salute yourself. And uh, finally, my final question, are you going handheld today or using the Palm Pilot? It's the Palm Pilot. That's disappointing. All right, have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Big Dog David Olson, our producer, thank you so much. Two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com, signing off till tomorrow at 10.